0: Hello, this is Matt Hale with Art Monthly on Resonance 104.4 FM with our monthly programme, not surprisingly, as we've called Art Monthly. And I'm joined today by Sophia Fokker. Now, I hope I've said your second name right, because it does have have the possibility of saying it wrong. (laughs) And Richard Hilton as well. Now, um, Sophia is... um, I've turned over the wrong page. Sophia is... The course leader in Fine Art Media, University of the Creative Arts at Maidstone, and Richard is a writer and lecturer in fine art um, at various places. <laughs> Richard's written um, for Art Monthly for quite a long time, I think first in 98.
1: Was that? And yeah, 97. 97, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. corrected, which I is great. So, so
0: long-term, occasional. <laughs> um, and uh, so relatively recently, I believe. That's right. Probably yeah. 2010, I think, was your... your f- May, I think, probably, was your first thing with us, I believe. Uh, Is that
2: right? A year before, I think. Good.
0: Oh, a bit more. Okay. I I sort of researched it on our digital uh, website, which we have. On our website now, you can access Art Monthly. And if you get a subscription, you get a free digital subscription, which you can research all our back issues. Well, a lot of them anyway. Um, Today, we're going to talk about two pieces of writing. Basically, um, we're on film again, which we seem to be doing quite often on this programme, but it's obviously a thing that artists are doing a lot. Um, Sophia has written a feature and Richard has written a review. We're going to start with Richard's review. There are two main artists we're going to talk about. Um, Ruth McLennan is um, Richard's subject and really Andrew Cotting is the subject, I think, of um, Sophia's feature. But beginning with um, Ruth McLennan, who was showing at John Hansard Gallery and is still showing until the 8th of January 2011, um, Richard went down and saw the show and um, felt driven to review it. Richard, w- just fundamentally, w- what we'd like to do is get you to describe the show, as you do in the review, primarily, as a, in a way, as an example of an artist who basically is a filmmaker. Am I correct in saying that, even?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I think she's an artist. I mean, I, the distinctions, obviously, will come later with Sophie, but um, this exhibition... Focused around two main film works by um, Ruth McLennan. Um the the commission by Film Video Umbrella being um, Anacadia, yes, which was a a, a, f- um, a thirty seven minute film, right. um, shot in high definition video, yeah, video, which which re- which pre- performs a, um, a narrative looking at um, the past and the setting is Kazakhstan, a right. desert in Kazakhstan. Right. And so she cool. actually went
0: to Kazakhstan and to make filmed, the film?
1: She made the film um, apparently in the summer, this summer, just gone. Right. So she d- she's been there several times and made several works, there, different works. And okay. Another piece in the film, in this exhibition called Capital, right. which is also in the exhibition, which okay. is from 2007. Right. Um, quite a different piece, but similar sorts of themes yeah. and ideas. Well, um, you can describe the
0: differences. For right, I, sure. mean, I mean, in this... Um, an Arcadia piece. Yes. Uh, there are people in this film?
1: Yeah, it's, it's basically a, a large video projection installation and the film centres around two, two characters, a man and a woman and um, notionally they're described as a geologist and an archaeologist.
0: How are they describe are you I was interested to in know how, how yeah. you knew that. Do they wear badges? No, no, no. <laughs>
1: it's, all in the, it's in the material, and also some of the things they talk about and the way in which the the, the motions they act, as one being a geologist and talking about rocks and the kind okay. of OK, so they so actually exactly
0: described. They describe in okay. this
1: very elaborate, very well-written script, and they're actors, obviously. So they are professionals? Well they I, I assume they're actors. And yes, um, they yes. they deliver the script in this desert fantastically and it's it's a very engaging film. It's the uh, thirty seven minutes yeah. long and it's very well produced I think. I mean one of the things that struck me about it in this day and age when high definition film and this high end um production is available to artists. Um sometimes I think some of the technology can get in the way in terms yes. and in terms of the content. mean it can be more the about work. the
0: whizzy, wow, isn't it? Fantastic yeah, technology and the subject and the the panning shots the,
1: the, pan shot, the you yeah, how o-
0: overdone. All that
1: sort. Of. but this is actually everything about it is really well put together in terms of the script, the acting, the location and the choice of lo- locations and the music. There's great music in the v- it's just a really engaging film well, it sounds like what i would call a
0: proper movie <laughs> well
1: it's, <laughs> but it's a short film but you know it's it's and what i liked about it as well is the way in which it contrasts with capital which is a kind of low budget film that really
0: how is that really shown in the exhibition it's an installation as a projection, well that's a projection, a projection as well yeah, what in a another room projection
1: yeah in another room right. yeah and that shot is a kind of more tourist video and it's kind of got this kind of quite more, r- more wobbly You mean? <laughs> is that what tourist no, video I is? Well, I mean, in that sort of style, but no, better than your okay. av- probably your average tourist. Well, they're getting better. You know, um, you know, they're getting um, better. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and that's that's quite different. But I think what's yeah. interesting, again, is this idea of someone applying themselves to different sorts of budgets and different sorts of technology yes. in, in equally but creative co- being, ways. But being creative about yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah. I think what, what links the two is this kind of script that she's written, that okay. both scripts are very... Can you just well say, what,
0: what, what is it all about? I mean, you've described the people in it, and the, 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 so they're geologists. What was the other well, one again?
1: Um Capital, that's the kind of narration. It's looking at this this new city. Oh, um, yeah, this is the other film, in the, uh, um, yeah. Um, 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 in Kazakhstan, a new capital, um, which was moved from um, Almaty to... Um, a sun Astana. A Astana. I mean, it. this seems to be
0: something to do with oil, affecting well, the, that, I mean, why all this what's change. What's interesting
1: about this work, really, in the sense is that what using this location, that she has done over a number of years now, um, it, in, in a sense, it's about Kazakhstan and the former Soviet Empire, but it's, about, it's really about history and how we remember history and how history is used in contemporary times to kind of locate us in contemporary times. So... I think that's what interests me and in th- about this work in terms of this idea yeah. of remembrance. I think you
0: say um, history functions as a tool as much for understanding the present as it does for remembering the past.
1: Yeah, and I think it's quite going to see this work around the time of all the remembrance con- commemoration um, um, events. I think it makes you think about the what what is actually being remembered and what is actually being commemorated, and the kind of ways in which that can be used in certain ways. mean poli- politically, politically, I think. Yeah, I think, and well, that's what made me. That's what. D- in my response to this sh- to this work, but specifically, I think in in Ruth McLean's case, that obviously she's looking at a kind of a kind of local or national history of Kazakhstan or and Soviet Empire. But I think the work isn't limited to that sort of reading. No. I think it opens. It can up be applied to other. I think it looks at more this idea of of how histories combined this is why you've got the sociologist and the archaeologist, yeah. uh, the geologist and the archeologist you <laughs> you've got these two different ologists sorts of, yeah ologists you've got these two different sort of points of view and this idea of excavation and this idea of um, excavating to find something from the past and actually finding something for the future in terms of minerals so yeah. you've got this, this sort of um, narrative set up. But you describe
0: them as being very different. One's very melancholic, yeah, and the, the other is much more enthusiastic. with well The he's bloke d- is, yeah,
1: because he's a discoverer of, you know, yeah, he talks revealing about, yes, things. He talks about carbons, hydrocarbons, sulfurs, and he says all this in this very. Okay, okay. And she's more kind of melancholic, and yeah, um,
0: what's she melancholic about? The loss of well, something. Because she's
1: the, uh, she's trying to find this past yes. and this idea when you're watching it you're not really sure whether this place that she's in really actually existed and so in the right. adjacent space you've got these photographs that are taken from the Kazakhstan National Archive yes. of these different um, railway stations right, um, that were built in um, sometime between the 30s and the 60s yep. um, and there's a kind of idea that, that what's in the film actually could be in the uh, these photographs, but you mean, you mean was
0: gone, gone, yeah.
1: Well, and and but this is like the idea is that you're not really sure where truth and fiction okay, okay, they cross over, yeah. But this is I. what's interesting is that you the artist uses this social realistic photo- photographic representations as another tool because obviously it's real because it's depicting yes, something, yes, but What it depicts from the past is that you're not giving. Yeah, so he's not given loads of information, no, so you're left with imagination, the the yeah, the the okay, because so
0: um, he also has um a short propaganda film loop doesn't it no, that's she? a
1: short that's a short film um bringing oil, oil across t- the desert to all the soviet yes. lands it's a great title yeah yes. yeah so no it's it's it, so and then with capital she's looking at the new capital um a little capital city or capital city of kazakhstan which is um, a santa yeah um which was moved in the 90s um, Which is an amazing
0: idea. Just, just move a city, yeah, isn't it?
1: and it's quite of interesting doing a little bit of reading around it. You know, because it's um, the, um, they moved it from the south to the north, um, and it's basically a kind of desert. You know, this area, but yeah. it's an oil rich country, so they can afford to do that. Yeah. But the contrast in the film, she creates this kind of narrative between this kind of visitor who's visiting the city and walking through the city. Yeah. So you see all these kind of incredible building projects going on these skyscrapers being built yeah. all these very burlesque buildings and then on the other side you see the old city yes. which is kind of all sort of slightly um, down a hill a bit dilapidated yeah. you know yeah. um, so and then there's this narrative but it's not kind of a judgmental kind of okay because I was, I was interested in that yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think what's interesting about her work and probably what I didn't talk about in the review because it's a short review was this idea of the foreigner and I think it plays with that as well this idea of someone going somewhere else and yeah yeah and that's why I think in many ways you can look at it kind of allegorically in terms of things closer to home, in terms of history and remembering, you know. So I think yeah. in... Yeah,
0: but I mean, the last line is of your <laughs> review is, is, as she later opines, it is a city of parallel dreams where the past is being forgotten. I mean, it's very sad, really. It mm. sounds like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it is quite sad. I mean, there is kind of, obviously... Yeah, it is quite
0: what sad. What because, um, obviously... We are a half hour program. I don't know where we are. We're not halfway through. We're not. We're getting on there though. But the link I would like to make, really, um, with um, Sophia's feature, um, is that this is obviously. I mean, basically, this is the kind of thing that you cannot put on in a cinema. It's not. You know, you can't put this on in Leicester Square because it's got installation. You know, it's it's the whole show, which is an experience, and you go and you see. You have to see. You're seeing two films and stuff, objects. I mean, you know. So my idea is that you So for you talk about an, an, another guy, um, another artist, rather I should say, and it's um, Andrew Cotting, and, and he works in many ways. I mean, he's. A, would you say he was a filmmaker, or would that be too limiting?
2: I think he would prefer it if I referred to him as a moving image artist.
0: Okay, which is quite specific. Yeah. Because he he obviously sometimes might show a film which you sit down and watch, but he might also. Not do that at all.
2: He's actually worked in a lot of different ways. He works as a gallery artist, he works, he's produced books. He's um, very multifaceted and has this kind of hybrid creativity where he goes from medium to medium and often one medium leads to another. So he seems to have this, for example, in his Dead Dad project, he started off making a film called The Timeline, where again it's a memorial to. Um, to his dead father, and then he moves on to a book, and he also encourages collaboration. So he's very much works in the spirit of David Jarman, which is Derek. what I've actually sort of um, called the piece as yeah. the last of England. Yeah, I was as just thinking, to Derek sh- Jarman. Yeah, the beginning
0: of the feature said, Will Derek Jarman's legacy seen in Andrew Cotting's film survive the coalition government's bonfire of the art? It would be nice to try and cover everything that that implies, but but just to begin with, I think we need to, as you are doing, say a bit more about um, uh, Andrew's Andrew's work. Well,
2: originally I wanted to write about Andrew because he's so unique, and the process of his uniqueness um, seemed to kind of bring on this idea that actually, in a very current climate, his uniqueness will not... Be seen again because there isn't the funding to support artists like him working in this multifaceted way. Yeah. So what I talk about is the distinction between artists like Andrew Cotting, who emerge from an experimental film avant-garde tradition, as opposed to those artists um, who work in the gallery, as as we've uh, talked about. And it seems to me that the former have been overlooked. I mean, it's very difficult, very generic, to break these two strands up. But yeah. effectively, Andrew Cotting does emerge from that tradition, the London Film Co-op tradition. And um, and there was funding to support those artists via the Arts Council, the BFI, etc.
0: A number of bodies existed That's right, where people could turn to try and get funding for what might have been called experimental media. That's it, experimental film and video. Yeah, moving image. And now you're saying...
2: Well, not now. Uh, It's harder. In 2000, it became harder because um, the Film Council was a new labour project and they they sort of brought all these funding streams together to form the Film Council in order to support the British film industry, which is great on the one hand, but what it did mean is that um, lesser-known filmmakers were overlooked, and especially emerging filmmakers were overlooked. Now, what happened to them is that they increasingly looked for funding in higher education, and so there was this other sort of fun- funding strand. Yes,
0: in academia. In academia. Which would have been like research money somehow Absolutely. from the university. In other words, the artists may make their... F- just so people understand because I mean I don't always un- it's quite, a, quite an it act, this funding complex, thing in the university yeah. is complicated so let's, we won't bore everyone <laughs> but, but basically somehow or other you bring points to the university if they help fund your film
2: yes and you is that support it? the academic climate and it, it informs your teaching etc etc so it was something that you know which sounds good
0: but there's something wrong with it is there or is that
2: well uh, <laughs> we're concerned now with the cuts that that may not um, yeah. that th- there won't be the funding to support that and then we have this kind of, um, we had this film quango, this uh, film council quango, that has now been dismantled. There's it seems now that the funding will go to the BFI, but again, it will be a single body. Or there's also Film Four, but there are not many um, areas that support uh, experimental emerging artists. Yeah,
0: who do they support? I mean, because you mentioned a couple of people? Don't well, you? Well,
2: you know, recently they seem to support, um, you know. Celebrity artists, really. You like mean like
0: Sam Taylor Wood, for instance, her film.
2: That's right. Yep. Yeah,
0: And 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 Gillian Waring was one you mentioned. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but I would presume that because of the name, there's an assumption that they'll be box office, or a lot of people will be attracted to come and see them. Whereas someone someone who's not known by the public,
2: well, we'll like struggle, Andu- yeah. Andrew
0: Cotting, would, would would not. So therefore, they just don't fund it.
2: Absolutely. Which I believe
0: is what happened. But Didn't he apply for funding and not and not get it?
2: uh yes and so he um he moved abroad actually yeah. to France and Switzerland yeah. he did get the funding and a lot of artists are doing that which isn't uh, ideal because we're seeing you know artists move away to yeah. try and get funding yeah. and also Andrew Cotting is now quite established but you know young emerging artists may struggle I was um, going to
0: say I, m- I mean Andrew's made a lot of work over the years and, and he you'd has be we would ma- think that it, he was an obvious one to be funded by a British <laughs> film a body of some kind, of, it is a bit surprising.
2: It is, and I think they are going for the celebrity names, which is all well and good, but it just means that we're seeing, you know, this this other strand that is being overlooked. And there's concern, obviously, for the future, and that if, if, if artists are not nurtured, for example, Andrew Cotting, who's a very irreverent, unique character, very anarchic, yeah. um, applied for funding initially to the Arts Council, and this is something I write about... And the Arts Council has a very, had, a, had at the time a very specific agenda. And one of their questions was um, Can you describe how you would support Long Form Experimenter? And his response was I will brand myself and create a horrendous scar <laughs> of the coast. He was at the time making a film called Relevant yeah. in order to show my, um, my commitment to this to this funding body and of course he didn't get the funding but yeah. went to the BFI Yeah, and at the time Ben Gibson supported him and nurtured him in order to help him develop Gallivant, which then obviously became this amazing piece of work that then encouraged him to make more and more work yeah. Can yeah. we just um try and
0: g- discuss briefly th- I mean I don't think we have Wh- what fundamental, I mean if I was listening to this program, I kind of want someone to say but what's actually the difference between these celebrity films, <laughs> and these, when we talk about, because fu- fundamentally they're being put down not just because they're not celebrity names. It may is it also because of the you know this different approach. I mean, politically, really, That's possibly to the to, to the to making I think, films. I, I mean, are we saying mm, one one is just actually establishment and mm, others are not? I, th-
1: I think that you know there's obviously a wider issue here. Obviously, specifically here to do this is Richard Hilton to do with um, funding and this idea of of how. If funding gets channeled into certain big organizations, then their kind of view doesn't really kind of seep that down. Da- that downwards, it yeah. kind of tends to be the celebrity or the high-profile artist, and that's not generating a kind of broader engagement with artistic practice but generally. You know, in terms of seeing what people are actually doing, and yeah. if you're slightly on left field, then you're not going to be in the picture because but you're not. I don't think it's Sophia. just
2: that actually, mm. and I think um, I quoted Nikki Hamlin. He's a a filmmaker who wrote um, a book called Film Art Phenomenon, and I think he really nails it, actually, this distinction, whereby he talks about... It's not a question of gallery artists or experimental film uh, and video artists. It's to do with the fact that some artists use the medium unreflexively, and some use it in order to question the way in which um, the medium operates. And by that I mean, for example... um, that Gillian Waring, for example, will um, look at the way that um, the, 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 the relationship between the sound and the image operates yeah. and, and she'll dislocate yeah. the sound and image. So although she's a gallery yeah. artist, she will engage reflexively with a medium. She
0: might have a child with an adult voice, for instance. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely.
2: Yeah. Or, you know, um, to go back to the influences that you talk about, you know, Vertov in In 1923, was exploring this idea of reflexivity, which was the idea of engaging with the medium. Mm. How does the medium represent? And it's yeah, and it's a man with a movie camera. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. and it's that tradition that has developed through into Mm. the practices that I'm referring Mm. to. So it doesn't really matter whether they're gallery or Mm. non-gallery. it's just a facile distinction. Actually, what's really important Mm. is how they use the medium, Mm. how they question the medium, Mm. and. and stemming from a kind of modernist idea of mm. you know, how painters question their medium, filmmakers were questioning their medium and mm. looking at film just in terms of its material mm. and questioning that material. That also developed where Andrew Cotting isn't just looking at the material, for example. I was going to say, he
0: doesn't just do that. Not he? at all.
2: He uses it reflexively. He uses film reflexively, uses his medium reflexively, but has developed in order to also look at representation. While materialist filmmakers or structuralist filmmakers were not interested in representation, Mm -hmm. he is interested in representation. Mm
0: -hmm. Richard, what were you going
1: to say? No, I was just going to... I mean, in terms of this idea of the funding issue, I mean, those... This that sort of discussion, I suppose, I can't imagine it being had <laughs> at the BFI. You know, when they're deciding who we to don't commission. don't know, do Maybe they do. <laughs> maybe I mean, they do. But I mean, I think that I think that, you know the the issue in terms of what gets funded. I mean, I think obviously it, it it's it's problematic. But I think it's some of the things referred to in Service article in terms of the kind of the culture and the climate. I mean, I suppose the the writing was on the wall in 2000 in a sense because of this kind of more hands-on approach of government in terms of controlling yeah. the culture. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of issue. And obviously, if you're experimental and you're on the kind of edge, I mean, in the end, you talk about the um, the quote that you say when someone says that's he wouldn't have it any other way, the wind in his face the wind in his ears and pissing in the wind pissing, pissing in my face you yeah know, that sort of, i mean obviously there is an issue because in europe you know there's a lot more money perhaps on mainland europe for for art that doesn't necessarily mean artists produce better work i mean that's quite a, kind of what's interesting in a sense because when you go yeah. to mainland europe there's a lot artists are kind of more supportive like say holland and what in, in your article all the way through you're talking about people going to europe it's quite interesting because it doesn't necessarily produced, uh, better produce work. better work, necessarily. Well, no, it is a, it's always
0: a bit of a... So, you know, hard times can't... It's yeah. a slight cliché, the but idea that we're, we're all yeah. poor, we therefore make better work. Yeah, I mean,
1: we, yeah. I mean it but is but it a cliché. But also, at the same time, some of the... the it, I think it is very problematic if more funding is going into the kind of major institutions that are kind of flagships, tourist venues, or that sort of thing, because I think, uh, will they support...
0: I mean, the, I, I see the problem is, of just having fewer funding... Objects that you can apply to means that they have become more powerful, and therefore, if they have a dominant view, they will apply it more. Therefore, you limit what variety of work is made. I mean, that seems to me like numerous funding bodies is better. W- would you agree, Sophia?
2: Absolutely. And I also, you know, sort of in the sort of microcosm of my own world, you know, um, I run a department that was set up by David Hall in 1976. Yes. Um, and, and, and a certain type of work was being produced. After that, uh, Al Rees took over and um, strongly supported structuralist filmmaking. So when I took over, I was really concerned about not promoting one kind of practice, but actually the tutors on the course all represent a diverse body mm-hmm. of yeah, so some
0: may, might be narratively yeah. m- more biased, and others might be structuralist, absolutely d- based, or, or something else I can't even think of. Because it's very hopefully they will because
2: yeah, it. it's very important for students to have those diverse yeah. um, um, influences, and equally when they go out into the world to be able to practice in di- in a diverse yes. Um, in diverse ways and not to be expected to be a certain kind of practitioner going for a certain kind of mm. funding which unfortunately yeah. is my concern at the moment yeah.
0: I mean the, the, you mentioned I think at one point that the artists uh, the, the, the cooperatives and the money that was going that the artists experimentally were able to find sort of stopped at some point and then a lot of artists turned to galleries because actually it was a place you could get funding for making a film. Then the film was shown in the gallery. I mean, I have a, a, a problem sometimes when I go to galleries that I actually think, well, hang on, this isn't actually a gallery work. This is a cinema work put in a gallery and it's not the ideal place to see it. You know, there's no proper seating, there's no timing, you know, you don't buy a ticket and say, I'm coming at seven, you turn up at the gallery and you've missed the beginning and you've got to wait three calls an hour for it to be on again at the right time because you didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. and I, have a, I, I sometimes, I mean, cinemas are not Alternative cinemas or uh, you know independent cinemas are, are now less, aren't they? So
1: Absolutely. there is a problem uh, uh, again that, with yeah, this. There is an issue, obviously, when you go to see an exhibition or if you go and see a, you know a festival, an exhibition, festival of work and a lot of time-based media work you know like for example manifesta there's so much time-based media work that it take, literally takes so much time to see you mean you stay there a week
0: all. just to see well, you a can, bit of you a show yeah you
1: and also this thing about how you engage with it if it's a film and it's you know 45 minutes long and you want to sit down to be able to watch it properly you don't, you know I mean it, I suppose it, it, it depends but I think you know I think it's a, it is an issue in terms of the, that relationship. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, but I think obviously boundaries get blurred. And
0: yeah, know. I mean, I think it's great to, 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 to be given something unexpected. I'm not suggesting for a second mm-hmm. it isn't, but I I go to a lot of galleries and quite often it doesn't even say how long the film is. So you don't even you don't. It's like there's a kind of like well we'll we'll have films, but we don't really want to deal with them properly. Right. But
2: even galleries mm-hmm. that do are sort of dedicated to this particular kind of practice, like the BFI Gallery recently, John Acumfora's film, was very long and very difficult to sit through because people are walking in and out, the seating isn't comfortable, and you actually feel, I'd actually like to sit down and really engage with this durationally and not feel that there's this kind of thing happening all the time with people coming in, interruptions, and I didn't think the piece lent itself to that kind of viewing, which I call haptic viewing in my... Yeah, what does that mean by the way? Well, (laughs) a sort of corporeal experience whereby at the moment we're encouraged to be immersive, to view immersively, to be subsumed physically and intellectually subsumed by work rather than distanced, okay. and therefore intellectually you mean ana- being allowed to be analytical.
1: To sit down and watch it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah.
2: So it's, it's no, it's not being analytical. It's actually being sort of absorbed physically by the piece and and um, intellectually by the piece, but not distanced and intellectually sort of analytical and engaging. So there isn't that separation, that distanciation, as it's called. It's a more immersive corporeal experience which is great for some pieces okay mm. but not for works that encourage mm. you to think and and to reflect and to consider and to think about the medium for mm. example as I well as the content exactly. th- the,
1: uh, that one was easier to sit i thought the seating and everything there uh, well in my view which the, which piece the, are you talking about the, now the piece that um, sophie mentions john Comfort, i thought that yeah, the, yeah. i thought sitting down and it was quite quiet actually when i went to see it i mean i think you know sometimes it is quite difficult if the environment doesn't lend itself to if you're supposed to stand stand there or sit on the floor. But that's, you know, I think it just yeah. I mean, depairs. I think some
0: film artists actually make films where you're not they know to, yeah. y- that people are going to walk in and out, and it's mm. and even if it's a long film, it's mm. acceptable. I mean, you know, although
1: actually that one was on the clock as well, wasn't it? It they was. Did, they made, made big yeah. thing about just
0: I wanted to mention a bit of work which we haven't mentioned just really quickly. Um Andrew Cotting's. Um, got a show on in Bright at the moment which I believe is um, at the Permanent Gallery it's actually not in their gallery but it's in a Georgian house I think, but in it there's an installation, but he has one film showing on a number of monitors, and I think tell me if I'm wrong Sophie, but it's they play so the, they started at different times but it's the same film, so you walk around the building and you catch the same mm. film but at different points, so you're kind of able to almost edit the film by your walking around as in your, as you choose,
2: that's very unique, Is to
0: that, Andrew Cotty. Well, it's it's I, a very interesting thing to do. I mean,
2: not unique to him, but it's very much his sort of um, uh, uh, liberal uh, approach signature, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> no, that he has worked in this way before, whereby he encourages the gallery viewing to be um, to be again a way in which you can consider the making of the piece. So he encourages the viewer to, as you say. Auto edit in a way. Well, yeah, that's
0: yeah. what I was meaning. Which I mean, just just, I mean, most people would never even have thought of such a thing or ex- and never experienced it. I mean, it doesn't even matter whether the film's good or bad in a way, just the fact that he, you've got to realise what's going on Absolutely. is an interesting experience. Yeah, I mean, if someone easy. else can then do it, I mean, I actually know another filmmaker called Ian Ball who's just making a project now, and funnily enough, he is thinking of doing something not dissimilar in form. And I, was, I just thought, wow, what a great idea.
2: Well, I think that's a very good example to show how he is working in the gallery, but again he's thinking reflexively about how to use the gallery to yeah. make you think about the process of representation.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is really great. Well, look, I I've thoroughly enjoyed this programme, and I hope our guests have too, um, and yeah. you listeners, yeah. of course, far more importantly than us, <laughs> have enjoyed it too. Just to say, um, so we've had Sophia Fokker and Richard Hilton on, And this is all from the current issue of Art Monthly, published today. I'll go back to the office and start stuffing it in envelopes. But um, please buy it and read it. Subscribe to Art Monthly. Um, We give a 40% off the cover price offer, which is available. And you can email subs at artmonthly.co.uk and just say you want the residence offer, and Brendan Fan will know what you mean. Or you can go to our website and do the same thing. Um, And we hope you'll listen again. This is going to be a podcast, which you may be listening to now. It's gone out live next Friday on the radio and uh, come back again next month thank you so much goodbye